Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 85 of the Talking Chop podcast. It's an emergency podcast. Yes, I recorded yesterday with Scott Coleman, and uh, it's very, very rare that we record two podcasts in the span of 24 hours, but uh, if you've been paying any attention to the Atlanta Braves on Monday, you will know why we're recording, and joining me for the festivities is Eric Cole. What's up, Eric? Hey, man, how are you? It's, it's because that I have to catch back up with Scott on guest appearances on the podcast, right? That's what it is? Yeah, I had had you. I, I, I had sort of had you tentatively planned to join me uh, shortly, so this is a little bit shorter than I thought it was going to be. But uh, here we are, man. Um, for those of you that don't know, somehow, which I can't imagine, uh, John Coppolella resigned uh, earlier on Monday um, amid an MLB investigation into several things. Um, most notably, from what the uh, at least the public um, sort of press release part of this was that it has to do with the international signing market. Um, there's been a lot of reporting uh, since then, but that was sort of the big bombshell. It was first reported by Ken Rosenthal of the of the Athletic, and then within a matter of moments, it became you know widely confirmed. And then, of course, there was the firm announcement. So Copy uh, is no longer the GM of the Atlanta Braves. Um, this is definitely weird. I will say that in a number of ways. We'll go through a lot of the stuff that's been reported here. But, uh, Eric, what, what was your first reaction when this sort of hit? Other than, I guess, you know, holy bleep was probably the one that I had. I know internally, but is that the same one you had? Yeah, I, uh, that, that was the first two or three reactions. Um, so my initial thought is that any any violations that would – or even any investigations that would result this quickly in a general manager and another executive, Gordon Blakely, having to resign – that's not a maybe there's a little bit of smoke and we're just you know being proactive. That is they, they think this has investigation has legs that it's going to be big enough that if they're not proactive now that it could like impact even more severe sanctions and like it just kind of set the tone for the day of if he, if this is actually happening and he's resigning and this isn't just a result of you know infighting you know kind of a lot of the stuff that Rosenthal's been reporting about for the last month or so uh, that the timing of this is so sudden and the result being so severe that we may very like it's it's very easy to see this getting worse somehow uh it's not as simple as just you know coppola you know bending the rules to get things his way this is you know multiple major league baseball executives have severe problems with how business was being done that the front office is being willing to cooperate and has and has taken the steps that they have so quickly means that there was a, there were there were big big problems that we were not aware of, and it it just and it's kind of snowballed from there today. And so my initial reaction was, how big is this going to get? And it looks like it can get pretty big. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's the wording that was in the original release was that the resignation comes, and I quote, as a result of a breach of Major League Baseball rules regarding the international player market, end quote. There were some quotes from John Hart in that uh, official release, and since then, John Hart has spoken extensively with AJC and Dave O'Brien, so I would, I would recommend people checking that out. I'm not going to read all those quotes to you, but uh, Hart shed a lot more light on this. He is now the uh, acting leader. Of course, he's always been the uh, the head honcho in the front office as the president of baseball operations, but now he's sort of the acting GM as well, so he's uh, in charge of that whole operation at this point. We'll see if that, how quickly they hire a new general manager. That's sort of a, almost a secondary thing now. Of course, that's something worth talking about uh, through some prism, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But um, that's sort of the big thing. And then uh, lately, actually, as, right before we started recording this, there was a huge report from Jeff Passan um, of yeah. Yahoo, who's been all over this story from the very beginning. Um, Passan is very, very plugged in, one of the most respected writers in the, in the and, you know, not even just baseball, but kind of just across sports. Um, one of the big bombshells in that report is that Kevin Maiton could become a free agent if, if some of the things that are uh, alleged proved to be true with some tampering stuff. There's some specifics in there. There was stuff, stuff about Drew Waters, so who was one of the draft picks from this year, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I would encourage people to read that, but I don't know, man. It's I don't. It's kind of hard to even figure out where to start here, aside from the fact that uh, it seems like a lot of people did not like John Coppolella in the reporting. It's it's worth noting after the fact that you know most of these, if, if not all of this stuff coming out, you know, especially especially from national sources, is probably coming from some other people in baseball. So there's some axe to grind kind of stuff here when you come. It, yep. You, 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 I definitely did not hear as much of this. Um, I'm sure other teams did not love getting fleeced by copy at, at times in trades, and I'm, you know, I've heard that he was very aggressive on the trade market, and sort of I, I, that could probably be annoying in some ways. But there's been a lot of airing of dirty laundry in terms of we never liked this guy anyway. He's been really annoying. Blah 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 blah. Even you know nasty stuff in that. My, my guard is up on how serious to take all of this stuff. You know, kind of take some of the stuff with a grain of salt because of the fact that information. Uh, as getting to these reporters from, you know, likely from people inside baseball. But at the end of the day, like, it's sort of been an avalanche of negative uh, negative stuff on copy that's just basically was queued up. It was, like, in the immediate aftermath of all this stuff hitting. So that's worth noting as well. Yeah, the timing of it is certainly suspicious. If they're, like, I know it sounds weird, and I don't know when, for example, the Kevin Maiton stuff with, you know, whether or not, like, the in, in Passon's report, there's a possibly there's a, there was an apartment that Maiton lived in before the July 2nd signing, and whether or not the Braves paid for that is is, is the primary source of their investigation right now. Uh, obviously, that would be improper and would, and would result in severe penalties. Uh, the Drew Waters thing more seems more like, you know, someone heard that, you know, Copy made an offhanded joke about covering the uh, the underslot, the going underslot on the draft pick with like with giving him a car or something, but that doesn't seem to be the focus of the, in the investigation. It seems like the tone of the investigation is focused right now on the internet, you know, the, you know, this inter these international this international signing stuff and how they dealt with Maiton. Um, in terms of the dirty laundry stuff, I mean, yeah, you have to take some of it with a grain of salt, but I mean, you hear it from enough sources, even if it like you know. Only a chunk of it is true. It still isn't great, right? You know what I mean? Like it's like you know, like executives are just annoyed with like you know these two thousand word text messages they received sending them. He was like super aggressive. Uh, even in Passon's report, it mentions like that you know, Copy was contacting players who were under contract with other teams. You know, it, you know leading up to their free agency. You know that I think we all agree that there's a certain amount of gray area and shadiness that happens about in terms of like getting in touch with players before they become free agents or you know getting in touch with players before the draft just because that all that stuff happens that people sit down and talk with people all the time you know but it's done it's done through black back channels what seems to be rubbing a lot of people the wrong way at least to my ear is that he was so brazen about it 
you know, it was kind of like a, I'm doing it my way and I'm going to do it this way and I'm going to, you know, get my way, that it's – again, this is right after everything's happened. So a lot more of this, you know, you know, either whether it be revisionist history or the kind of the gory details, this, it's all going to come out now because – that's what the Braves move they made, and if anything, I'm sure there are Braves executives who want to make sure that it is understood exactly why this happened and why it's as serious as it happened. And there's no, there's no misunderstanding that it was a serious situation and this needed, and this is the move that needed to happen. But it's it's still unsettling that you know so much has gone has happened, and the end result of all that could be. It, again, it's not just losing a general manager where you can hire another guy to come in and all is well again. I mean, there's going to be lingering penalties. The, I don't think this is going to be the end of personnel moves. It's it's a lot to take in right now, and you it know, really the, and 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 how how the Braves can come back and you know both rebuild their image in terms of how you know how they're portrayed in the media and with their fans. Uh, given all of this, in addition to the fact that they have to like rebuild their image in dealing with other teams it sounds like and that 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 brings in the question you know trades that could happen this offseason whether or not those things are actually those relationships are still there and something that can be fostered it's there's i I, i'm I'm with you i don't really know where to start but a lot of it doesn't seem good yeah it's we've kind of covered it i mean it's one of those things where uh nobody's uh i mean i I should say everybody's surprised it's one of those things where you can't take this all in at one sitting uh you know you know i've been coming back to this all day today as things trickle out and it's kind of still that shock and awe phase at this point in time but you know the the specific stuff i mean a lot of people are asking uh, you and me and people from people from our site even the national guys um kind of what the penalties are going to look like here passing's reporting was the first time that i've seen specifics on you know potentially losing a player like my tom who's a this mega prospect to free agency. Um, it's one of those things where we, we kind of don't know, and that's sort of been the party line from everybody locally, is that until the, the MLB investigation that's still ongoing uh, finishes up, we're not going to know. But a lot of this has been, you know, it's been um, sort of compared uh, less than favorably to that of to the last time this kind of happened and uh, with, with the Red Sox and a lot of things being stripped yep. away from them. And uh, apparently this is worse from the, some of the way it's been framed. You know, until we see, the, again, the, the full... Investigation comes to a head. We don't really know, but I'm I'm sure there's going to be something in the way of penalty. You know how severe it is. It kind of depends on what they can prove and what they can't hear. A lot of the stuff that's been reported at this point is uh, is hearsay and it's uh, speculative. And even the reporting has said that. You know, Pass's report made sure to say that. It's one of those things where you have to be careful on what you kind of guess around here because it would be a lot of speculation. We want to avoid that. But going off people that we trust and national reporters, you know, Bob Nightingale, for instance, said he thinks that copy's never going to work in baseball again. Essentially, which that kind of blew my mind when it happened. But as things kind of trickle out more and more. I guess it wouldn't surprise me that much anymore if some of the stuff is proven to be true. It's uh, stuff that's still out there and very fuzzy, but uh, it's really tough to uh, wrap your mind out of around all of it because there's just so much going on. And then, you know, there's the whole thing right now with Brian Snickers not, you know, that, that's, that's just still up in the air. That's sort of, a, that's sort of a, almost a secondary thing now, which is kind of crazy to think about. The managerial yeah. hire would be secondary, but he's now twisting in the wind. John Hart, uh, it's been reported by John Heyman that basically he's not going anywhere, even though he's not under contract for next year. So it looks like it's going to be Hart show for a little bit here. Um, you know, I don't, I don't even necessarily want to talk about Snit a whole lot, but it, you know, we don't really know how that affects him. I'm tempted to say that it seems like they probably keep him even more now, but I don't know that to be sure. You know, my, well, my, my guess was yeah, always yeah, that my guess was yeah, always that, it was not there. that. Go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, the only thing I've heard there is just that, you know, the timetable for that decision hasn't changed. Uh, and, like, 
you know, and obviously the Braves are going to say, you know, this doesn't change what that decision is going to be, right? But they're always going to say gonna, that. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're never not going to say that. But you know, it's it's ultimately Hart's decision now, and it's again, it's kind of a, I, I it matters, but now I'm concerned about like who, like even if Snit were, Snitger were to stay or go, I mean, you know, there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of people who probably had nothing to do with all this. That, I mean, if you don't think that a lot of these really good baseball people that are currently with the Braves right now aren't looking around and saying, maybe there might be a better place for me to be right now and not with the Braves, you're crazy. And, you know, maybe maybe it ends up being fine and they end up, you know, there ends up not being any issues where they will, you know, con- continue to, you know, be able to keep these front office executives, the ones that they want to keep around and, you know, being able to keep these baseball people around, but... There, you know, it's the, the fallout from this. I mean, whether whether Snitger, Snitger stays or goes, I think is kind of a decision that was, you know, especially with this investigation kind of being a thing even over the last few days. Uh, and we assume that this decision wasn't something they just came to this morning, or whether it be for copy or anyone else. Um, you know, I don't think that they. I think whatever decision's been made, I don't think it's been changed by the events of today. If that makes any sense, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it seems very it seems very secondary to me right now. If I'm it, just being honest about it, it absolutely does. It's worth it's worth knowing because it's just so weird as this whole this whole secondary level. And then there's been a lot of speculation as to who would replace uh, would replace Copy. There's the Dayton Moore stuff that's been everywhere. There's been a lot of reporting about Dayton Moore. Those of you that don't know who Dayton Moore is, former uh, Sherholtz uh, right right hand man in Atlanta, who's been uh, the GM out in uh, for for Kansas City, was the, you know constructed the World Series team there for the Royals. Um, there's been a lot of splits on. I'm not, I don't want to do a, a too in depth breakdown of him on this podcast because we just it might be irrelevant in a hurry, but there's been some reporting out there from Bob Nightingale that he believes, uh, at least some of his, some of his sources believe that it's now um, likely that he'll leave for the Braves. That's something that's uh, definitely it's, it's only one source, but uh, that's you know that's been a name that's been everywhere today. You know the guy, guys from the Marlins. It's, it's uh, a lot of candidates out there. Um, I'm not going to tell you that I know what's going to happen in terms of uh, the next guy to hire or how well, yeah, it's going to happen. And, but and those are just the names that we found out in the last 12 hours. We have to keep correct. in mind that whatever whatever you think of copy. Or what he's done. There's a lot of talent there that's in the Braves farm system. There's a lot of money coming in from SunTrust Park and it's a big job. everything else. People are going to want this job, so there's going to be names that are going to come up that we didn't even think were available. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if a guy like you know, like Alex Anthopoulos, you know, from the, who's who's an executive for the Dodgers and used to be a GM for the Blue Jays, if he's looking to get back into the, you know the GM thing, you know, like. If you're look, if you're a guy like that who you know either was a GM or maybe you're maybe a director of baseball operations somewhere, and you're, you know, kind of looking for the right fit. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are going right for the Braves. Uh, unfortunately, front office stability currently isn't one of them. Yeah, I mean, it's a good job. I mean, there's no question about it. Yeah. There's the downside of it. If you want to look for the downside of it, is that you uh, are in this sort of weird eco- ecosystem in the front office with John Hart and John Sherholtz around and the Bobby Cox influence, which has kind of just always been there. And, uh, you know, that's there's, that's there. We should, I'll just leave it there. Um, that's, one, that's sort of the one downside is that maybe you're not fully in charge of things if you're the GM of the Atlanta Braves. But aside from that, the resources are there. You know, they're not spending a ton and ton of money, but they were willing to spend a little bit this year. They spent a lot more than I thought they were going to spend in 2017. New ballpark, and of course, the uh, the stocked uh, you know farm system is probably number one A aside from the national brand of, of the Braves, just kind of we what they are in general. So uh, yeah, it's it's a great job for people to want. Um, you know, the circumstances are crazy by which it's open, and I think it can't be stressed that we just don't know a ton. I mean, as much has come out, and a lot has come out. Yeah, in we the last we, we know hours. a lot. We know a lot, but but it, we don't. <laughs> it has raised more questions 
than it has answered really in a lot of ways. You know, it's like once all this has happened, it's like, okay, well, what's going to happen with these guys or what's going to happen with these players or what's going to impact the draft coming up, if what's going to impact the international signing period coming up. It's it's a mess. It is <laughs> it's just a, a mess. It is very much a mess. I don't, I don't, it's, it's one of those things we could probably speculate for a half hour as to like how crazy this got, but it's, it's one of those things that you, what we know is bad. Um, that's, that's something that we have to say. Like I have defended Copy quite a bit in the past from a baseball standpoint. Now, obviously, not knowing him personally, but you know, publicly in terms of his fan interaction and what you've hear and read and the way that he carries himself, I, I was always kind of a fan. So I'm not going to say that I wasn't. I've always uh, kind of trusted him and my immediate reaction after before we knew anything about today, aside from uh, he's resigning. That was the first thing that came through, and my reaction was, "Oh crap!" And from a baseball sense, because he's the one guy that I sort of identified myself with in this front office from a baseball standpoint, because. He's sort of the new school guy, the stack guy, who thinks about things more in the way that I do when compared to the old school establishment. But you know, now that we know as much as we know, and you know, again, my guard is up on, on specifics. But uh, I think the general takeaway here is that, that you know some stuff was done wrong. I mean, you don't really get to this point unless there's a lot. Uh, there's probably something uh, nefarious that happened. Uh, the degree of that is kind of up for debate. But you don't you don't get to the re- to the resignation point without something being there. So I will be the first to say that uh, you know my my, my initial reaction was was to defend copy it's, it's kind of hard to do that now not knowing what we know but the fact that it sort of speaks volumes to a certain extent that it even got to this point because uh, I don't really care about the uh, the after the fact like nobody liked copy stuff but I do care about the fact that he had to resign today it's one of those things it's that's kind of yeah and, I, and I've, I've really disliked the tone of I, I it appears in, at least in some execs minds that you know he since he was not a baseball guy, he was he didn't play the sport, and that he was analytically driven, and that he was so young to get that job, you know, to get that to to get that high into the organization and to be running things, and the way he was running things, that that was one of the biggest things that bothered people. The reality of baseball today is that I am a big big believer in scouting and in scouting departments and being actually watching games and really understanding what's happening on the field, having things pass the eye test, but having someone who is having a person or people in your organization that are driven analytically or have a background in analytics is not a bad thing. And if the way in which baseball has developed over the course of the past few years is that has taught us anything is that those analytics have value. I think that you need to have both. I think you need to have a lot of that kind of, playing the game, having experience in playing baseball, and also having experience in dealing with analytics and things like that. And that, you know, having multiple different types of voices and coming and, you know, all of them with the sel- with the sole goal of coming to the right conclusion and, you know, f- you know, settling on the right guy, that's a good thing when you have like when you are trying to just reject anyone who doesn't think like you one way or the other, whether you're in into saber metrics and you just think that the viewing the old, you know, viewing things baseball, the old way is completely irrelevant versus, you know, the more old school thought of, you know, the saber metrics are ruining the game type stuff there. I feel like there's a middle ground. And while I certainly think that there's things were done, were done incorrectly by Coppola uh, and by members of the front office because otherwise I just don't think this would have happened. I don't think this is just merely an ideological divide. I don't think that that ideological divide did help much in terms of setting a a good tone in the front office. And my hope is that whoever the Braves pick, it doesn't just dismiss one or the other out of hand and it understands that you need all of it to make 
make it work because whether you disagree with you know whether you're happy with copy right now in terms of how things have gone in terms of some of the decisions that were made and what has happened today but the Braves have some really great scouts and they have some really great analytics people in that front office and it's resulted in a lot of talent being put in this farm system and I think if they can apply that going forward with you know how they handle the major league team, how they handle talent acquisition in general, maybe with someone who's a little more personable, so that way it doesn't make you know a pro- opposing GMs want to cringe every time they see his name pop up on their <laughs> caller ID. You know, I, I I sincerely believe that's the way to go. That that is the path going forward. Now, does that guy exist? And if so, is that, is that guy in high demand with other teams as well? I don't really know. Um, uh, ultimately I wasn't exactly, uh, researching general manager candidates before about 12 hours ago. So I don't actually hundred percent know who's, you know, who's good and who's not who's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Who's even available. And I'm sure in the next week or so, we're going to be hearing anyone and everyone that's ever been associated with a baseball job being associated with this one. So it's going to be a lot to parse, but you know, it's, it's a lot to take in as a Braves fan right now. And someone who writes about the team a lot, um, for someone who likes to pride themselves in having, thoughtful things to say i <laughs> find myself at a loss to explain because a lot of people deserve to be frustrated right now and i'm certainly one of them and you know we'll see what happens going forward yeah i mean i i'm skeptical to some degree in the decision making process right now just because i've not loved a lot of what's happened in the front office and the parts that i uh, have enjoyed a little bit more i think have at least uh, in reporting been attributed more to copy so it's one of those things where i have my uh my guard is up in terms of the next hire, but and who's making that hire and whose team this is. Even before all this, it's worth noting again and referencing the the Ken Rosenthal reporting about, about how much of a mess the front office was even before this. You know, perhaps some of this has already been around the team and they kind of knew it might have been coming in in the, in the recent months. We don't know that, but um, you know, all the buzz about how dysfunctional the front office was even before this does not speak particularly well to things, but. I don't know, man. It's I'm, I'm I'm with you, and it's it's really difficult to form coherent thought about this aside from uh, shock and surprise and uh, sort of bewilderment and sort of uncertainty as well. I think that's that's the big thing that I want that I want to say at least for me is that we just don't know a ton, and uh, everything else that we have not said to this point and has not been reported is speculation. Even 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 some of the reporting is speculation because for as much as uh, you know, we're, we're not going to cite guys that we don't trust and that we don't believe are doing a good job. It's one of those things where they might have bad information too. It's not like you know they know this stuff firsthand. It's it's all secondhand information for the most part. It's very rare that a reporter has f- absolute firsthand information. They have to trust somebody somewhere, and if they get, if they get burned on that too, that's it's it's rough. So you know Jeff Passan's been a must follow. Uh, there's a lot of these guys that have been must follows around. You know Bob Nightingale's got great great information. Even the local guys in the AJC have done a good job uh, this week. Mark Bradley had a nice column which. You know, and there it is. You know, <laughs> and, yeah, and you know, and you know, David O'Brien. You know, he's been posting things. Uh, Joel Sherman's been on top yep, of things as well. You know, it's just there's a lot of people that are where information is getting leaked to for better or for worse from whatever sources they're they're getting their leak their information from. And I would caution everyone just to kind of take in information slowly during this whole process because making decisions based on little bits of information here and there is going to be one going to increase your blood pressure like it has mine for the last, you know a good 50 points and two it's this is an evolving story and the reality is that there's multiple sides that have a vested interest in making sure that they're being portrayed they want to be portrayed right now so it's worth 
seeing it's worth you know taking a breath and taking a step back and understanding okay the Braves have a general manager opening now that's something that is fact and you know whatever the reason is uh but beyond that you know there's people lobbying for positions there's people lobbying to keep their jobs there's there's there, a lot of things are happening right now and I would just say to fans who are struggling to deal with this in a, in a similar way that I am it's just that to take a step back and just to kind of there's there's a process to how things happen and whether that's the major league baseball's investigation or the GM search, all that other stuff, you know, things will become more clear. I am sincerely hopeful. Uh, if they don't, then, you know, we've got bigger problems, but yeah, the the first wave is sort of over here, but at the same time, like nothing, we're not going to know the full extent until the MLB investigation ends. And we don't know how long it's going to take. There's been no, like there's no, there's no time frame that they have to fill that, uh, in it's, uh, and until that is complete and we know the punishment, and I think it's, I don't want to say it's 100%, but it seems like it's pretty likely that the Braves are going to have some punishment here. But until then, uh, we don't know the full extent. And until the Braves hire a general manager, we don't know that step either. And then there's the smaller step, which I think you and I both agree, which is, again, this is very weird to say, but the manager situation sounds like seems like it's like on the back burner, but that might happen this week. They might decide what, what happens with Brian Snicker you know, tomorrow or people, as today, as people, if people listen to this. We're recording this Monday night. If they, if they announced that on Tuesday, I wouldn't be blown away. Um, so that's a secondary thing, but it's also very important as well. So there's just a lot of information. I'm with you 100% that people should uh, take it all in and try to process it. That's what we're trying to do at TalkingChop.com. Like we're not breaking the news here necessarily. We're, you know, if, if I, I've actually been on the phone a little bit this uh, on on Tuesday trying to see what's kind of going on. At the same time, we're not necessarily breaking things. If that's something falls in my lap, then I'll certainly bring it to you. Um, but we're trying to sift through it and try to help you guys dissect it and uh, do some analysis along the way. So that's the mandate for us, at least uh, I'm speaking for me, but I think I think for the side as well, just to try to you know, simplify it, have people understand what's going on and uh, maybe, look, maybe look forward, look back, and sort of just give some, uh, some context here. So I, I don't know, man. I'm kind of out of things to say in terms of uh, coherence, but if you want to have – if you have any final thoughts, please fire them out there. And uh, other than that, yeah, here we are. It's a, it's a weird day. Uh, yeah, I guess the only thing I have to say is, is I know it's a really tough time to be a Braves fan right now, and I, I wish I had anything comforting to say, but ultimately there's so much up in the air right now that it's kind of hard to say anything with any amount of certainty right now. Uh, but I don't, 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 just because this is a bad episode doesn't mean that it can't be made, things can't be made sense of, and don't think that, like, all the like the, the Braves farm system is going to be cleaned out tomorrow because of MLB penalties and things like that. Yes, it is entirely possible that you know players will be declared free agents, or you know the Braves will will lose a first round pick or a second round pick or whatever, uh, or lose international free agent money or things like that. But there are lots of ways to run teams effectively and efficiently and to get talent. And my hope and something that has kind of been guiding my optimism, which has been waning a bit today, is that. You know the Braves will see this as an opportunity to make to, to to make things right, to bring in smart, capable people who can do a really good job. Um, and in terms of how this is reported, you know we, you know Brad and I have been hearing crazy rumors today, just crazy ones, and like not all of them, not all of them make make sense and making sense of all of it. You know, and if we find something that's credible, we'll be happy to report it. But if you're Brad's 100% right. We're kind of taking our job right now is kind of making sense of what's happening right now, trying to communicate what is going on in real time, but in a way that 
I guess is responsible in the sense that we're trying not to speculate too much as to, you know, what's going on and all that stuff. You know, yes, we'll be doing some analysis here and then I know there's going to be an article going up tomorrow about kind of what we want to, what we want to look for in in a general manager candidate, for example. But, you know, no one's, there, a lot of journalists are trying to make, you know, make their years off this story right now. Uh, And right now we're just trying to do our best to make sure we're parsing and getting the best information out to you guys. Uh, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing right now. We hope to be able to make more sense of things as time goes on. But right now, you know, the best thing I can say is just you know just just strap in. I think it might things might get a little bit dicier uh, over the next month or so. But you know, it won't be too long before April comes around, and you know we'll we may have some things to be more hopeful for. You could actually talk some baseball. I'd be a, a refreshing change. That'd be lovely today for sure. Uh, That'd be lovely. Well, uh, thank you, Eric, for doing this on short notice, and we're gonna, I'm trying to turn this thing around as fast as possible so that the information is at least accurate. Would not blow me away as if you're listening to this on Tuesday, if something has changed. So please keep it locked to TalkingChop.com. We're doing as much as we possibly can for you guys to update it. So uh, thanks for listening. As always, uh, follow Eric on Twitter, follow us on Twitter, uh, and on Facebook, all that fun stuff. And uh, we'll be back again shortly with a new podcast. I was not expecting to have another 24-hour episode, but, you know, things get wild. We come back and try to parse it for you guys. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you guys uh, very, very soon. And until then, check out TalkingChop.com, and we'll uh, see you guys later. Hopefully, the news will be a little bit better than it was on Monday.